there are reasons why it seems like so many people don't have hope. Uh, but no matter what the cause is, I do have a question for you. Why is it important to have hope? Why is hope such a big deal? Hope keeps you going forward. Yeah. I mean, any other ideas? Yeah, I mean, hope Hope gives us hope. <laughs> you can't define a word with the word, but I'm going to, you know. Hope gives us hope, right? Hope, you know, if you really think about it, don't we hope, many of us, that life will get better? Don't we hope that things will change, some things will change? Uh, don't we hope that maybe we will change, right? I mean, maybe sometimes that's our hope, is that we can change. Uh, and, you know, for a, if we're really honest, for a lot of us, that hoping that we can change, uh, isn't that kind of like what we'd really like as an opportunity for a fresh start? You know, sort of a do-over, right? Uh, an opportunity uh, to make different choices. An opportunity to take different paths. Uh, what we'd really like, then, if you really get down to it, is we'd like to be made new. Right? We'd really like to be made new and start over minus the baggage, the pain, the guilt, and the shame. That's precisely the opportunity that was initiated by God about 2,000 years ago in that manger in Bethlehem. God arrived in the form of a child. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Starting that night, the world has had reason for hope. Hope that things could change. Hope that things could get better. That things, that people could be made new. Since now, God was dwelling with us. Let's read that biblical account that we've just been talking about. Um, it's in, it's in, it's the passage that we're all very familiar with, hopefully. Uh, it's found in Luke 2. And uh, we're going to pick up with verse 6 and read through verse 20. Luke 2, verses 6 through 20. Uh, I'm going to read it here. You guys can follow along with verses on the, on the screen if you need. Um, as you recall, uh, Mary and Joseph uh, were called to Bethlehem for a census. Verse 6 says, while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in claws and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly, you know, anytime it says suddenly, Something's happening. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, 
Glory to God in the highest and in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. First several verses in Luke 2, right, told us about a required census. We saw last week, back then, that uh, you had to return to your family's hometown in order to be counted. Uh, For some of us today, that could be a pretty long trip. But now, just imagine if you had to get there by donkey. Okay, that would really be tough, right? So even though Mary was pregnant and the travel was going to be uncomfortable, uh, they had to go. No doubt, you and I look at this situation and would say, that's really bad timing. But you know what? That's because we're not God. Because from God's perspective, the timing of that census was perfect. Because God's plan was to temporarily relocate this young couple from Nazareth to Bethlehem. And why did he need to do that? Well, because 700 years earlier in Micah 5.2, God speaking through the prophet Micah had said that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. That's really a good reminder for all of us, okay, that God can use anything to accomplish his purposes in your life and mine, even something like participation in a census. Verses go on, and they explain that God chose to announce the birth of his son, the Messiah, to shepherds. To shepherds. Why do you think God chose shepherds to be the ones he told first? Why would he tell them first? I'm sorry? They would be the least likely. Yeah. Jesus was called the good shepherd. I mean, yeah. No, I mean, you know, they, they were not rich. They were not powerful, right? And, but, but remember what God said. His name would be called Emmanuel, God with us. Not, not God with the rich folks or God with the powerful or just with us, with everybody. You know, if you think about it, I mean, he didn't, he didn't announce it at some big church. You know, that would be on TV so that it would get the word would get out. He, he didn't even announce it to the high priest or to the Pharisees. Okay? I mean, God announced the birth of his son, the single most important thing that has ever happened in history, to just about the lowest rung of society, to a handful of shepherds. I'm thankful for that. 
because that meant that God was breaking free of the confines of the temple and the religious elites. That God was telling us that Jesus was going to be available to everyone. To everyone. God really meant it when he said that his son would be called Emmanuel. That God was with us. Then it goes on to explain that as soon as the angel completed that announcement to the shepherds, think about it. This angel has just announced the most important thing in history. And heaven had to celebrate. (laughs) They had to celebrate. They had to join in. So what happens? It says that the skies around the shepherds were filled with an angelic choir. Heralds. That's where we get the song. Heart, the herald angels sing. You know, if they hadn't sung, there's another place in Scripture that says if we won't praise God, the rocks will have to cry out. I think if they hadn't sung, the rocks would have cried out praises because the joy was just so great. And then it goes on and it tells us that after they had sung their praises to God, Scripture tells us that the angelic choir returned to heaven. And now the shepherds, probably still trying to figure out what has just happened, right? But now they were faced with the same issue that you and I and everyone else is faced with at some point. They had just been told about the good news of Jesus, about the long-awaited Messiah, Jesus, the Son of God, Emmanuel, God with us. And just like us, they had to decide, what are we going to do with this information? What are we going to do with it? In our lives, you and I have to make the same decision the shepherds were faced with. How will we respond to what we've been told about Jesus Well, apparently, the shepherds not only understood what they'd been told, but they also knew that they needed to respond to it. So, in verse 15, they said two really important words. They said, let's go. Let's go. Let's get busy. Let's do something. Let's go. And they went and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby, just as the angel had told them. And then, in those final verses of of Luke 2, It tells us in verses 17 through 20 that when they had seen him and been with him, they spread the word. It says they spread the word. And what does it say? It says that all who heard it were amazed, were amazed. The fact is that the very first New Testament evangelists were not religious professionals. They were shepherds. They were shepherds. So, you know, if you think about it, considering their position in society, why would people, it says they went and spread the word, and all who heard it were amazed, but they were shepherds. Why would the people that they told believe them? Why do you think? Why do you think the people believe them? Yeah, they, there, there could have been something about their lives where 
yeah, that's great. I mean, there, there's, there's, look, when, when you've been with Jesus, something's going to change. Something's going to change. And, you know, if it's one thing, if, you've, if you read something in a book and you say, oh, this could be important. I should remember it. I should tell people. Versus if you experience it yourself. Right? They had heard the word of God. They had been told Messiah has come. They believed and responded to what they heard. And we know that they believed and responded because it tells us they went. They went to see. And they had spent time with Jesus. So then the scripture goes and tells us that they returned to their jobs. But you know, when they returned back to their jobs after they had been to see Jesus, they were changed people. They were changed people. Because they were no longer shepherds just doing their jobs, but they were shepherds who understood their jobs in a whole new way. And so now it says they went back to their jobs glorifying and praising God. Look, the fact is, when you or I have had an authentic encounter with Jesus, you can't help but be changed. You can't help but be made new. As a result, just like the shepherds, you can't help but want to share what you've experienced with people around you. The shepherds had experienced the presence of God in human form, the baby Jesus. So how about you and me? Today, how can we experience that love and that hope and that joy that the shepherds experienced? Before we said, what we really want to know is how can you and I be made new? Well, the first thing that we can do is we can ask God to lead you. You can ask God to lead you. Look, God led Mary and Joseph through what must have been a difficult and very confusing time in their lives. He led them to Bethlehem in order to fulfill a 700-year-old prophecy. He led them to a place where Jesus would be born. Mary and Joseph trusted God to lead them to the right place where he wanted them to be. You know, by the way, this, this whole experience for Mary and Joseph, is it fair to say this was in a lot of ways a very difficult time in their lives? We talked about before, who's going to believe Mary? What's Joseph going to go through? How are their families going to respond? What's going to happen? Right? All these questions. And yet that was God's plan. That was God's plan for them. They were doing exactly the will of God. Here's the point. God's, there's no place in Scripture that promises that God's plans for you or me will always be easy. They won't, always, they won't always be convenient. In fact, I, personally, I think a lot of times they won't be convenient because the enemy will do his best to make it not be convenient because he wants you to have a lot of excuses to not do God's plan. Okay? But when God, but when you and I ask God to lead us, when we, when we seek that and we ask him, and then when we follow where he takes us, we can be confident that we're doing the right thing, no matter what the circumstances around us look like. It's because Jeremiah 29.11 promises us, God says, I know the plans I have for you. 
declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope, hope, and a future. Look, if you've never taken this first step to ask God to lead you, you can do that. You can begin today by becoming a follower of Jesus. Just like the shepherds, you've heard the good news. Jesus the Messiah, the Savior of the world, has come. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Now, you have to make a decision. What will you do with what you've heard? I want to encourage you to decide today to become a follower of Jesus and be made new. The second thing is you can trust God to protect you. God protected Mary and Joseph on a long, difficult journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. This was about a hundred-mile-long mule ride on unpaved, rocky road through, you know, some of it, not, maybe not safe territory to travel just as a couple, day and night. And this with a young woman who was only a few days from giving birth. There's no doubt that every day of that trip, Mary and Joseph were trusting God to protect them and bring them safely to Bethlehem. What else did they have but to trust God? And just like Mary and Joseph, God does not want you to live in fear. Not fear of man, not fear of death, not fear of finances, not fear of jobs, not fear of anything. 2 Timothy 1.7 tells us God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Even when you go through difficulties, and you will, and you will, Philippians 4.7 promises that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So, to live your made new life to the fullest. Ask God to lead you and protect you daily. And then finally, accept God's love for you. The way to do that is to receive what he has for you. Right? Jeremiah 31.3 says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. God loves us so much that he accepts us as we are, but he loves us too much to leave us where we are. And that's why he sent us his Holy Spirit to empower our lives, to live victoriously, to be able to live victoriously for him. So we want to receive the gift of God's Holy Spirit by asking God to give us everything that he has for us. And then allow his Holy Spirit to empower your life in all that you do. Additionally, ask him to heal you and restore you in mind, body, and spirit. Finally, some of us who have been followers of Jesus for a long time, I think occasionally we need to be reminded that God still loves us too. And even if we've had some failures and some setbacks along the way, many of us have, he just invites us to come before him and pour out our heart to him and know that we can accept his healing touch. So, look, no matter what kind of year you've had in 2022, 
And, you know, for many of us, 2022 has been a challenging year for, in one way or another. Uh, but, you know, here's the good thing. God knows what you've been through. God knows what kind of year you've had. Okay? And, and isn't it good to know that no matter what, if you think back at this year, no matter what kind of year you've had, I think you would agree with me. God has been faithful to see you through it. He has been faithful to see you through it. Again, not a promise that every day is easy, but you're never alone. He's going through it with you, and he will make a way. And because we have seen that God loves us and he has brought us through this year, can't we be confident then that no matter what comes in the future, he will see us through that as well. We can look forward. We can have hope to the days ahead because we can trust in God's faithfulness because one day, not only, well, not only will he see us through, but one day he's even promised in his word in the book of Revelation that a day will come in Revelation, I think it's uh, 21, that he will make all things new, everything. So as we get ready to close today, would you stand with me and let's... Uh, Let's bring this Christmas service to a close. Um, I'll just ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Just It's a few moments for you to be alone with, with the Lord. Look, about 2,000 years ago, God's son was born into the household of two unknown young people. They, they had no wealth. They had no fame. They had no power. In fact, the only place for them to have their baby was among animals, probably not their first choice. Yet those two, Mary and Joseph, allowed God to lead them. They trusted God to protect them, and they were obedient enough to name him Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God with us. The result was that on that night, because now we have God with us, we can experience being made new through faith in Jesus and receive his peace, love, joy, and hope every day of our lives. So... During this Christmas season of this year, you too can experience the miracle of being made new by becoming a follower of Jesus, by asking God to lead you where he wants you to go and showing you what he wants you to do. So today, first of all, if you want to ask Jesus to give you a fresh start, to cleanse you of your past hurts and failures, to forgive you of your sins and make you new. Just raise your hand. Thank you. Lord, today, you've seen our hands. Father, we need to be made new. We need to be refreshed. Lord, we thank you that you loved us enough to send us Jesus. And Lord, as we receive him to be our Lord and Savior, we know Father, that we have salvation. Father, for those of us who are believers or followers of Jesus, Lord, we still need to be refreshed. And so right now, if you just like to ask God, no matter where you are in your faith walk with him, just to refresh you and to fill you with his hope for this coming year, just raise your hand. Yes. Lord, thank you. 
because we know, Father, that that's a prayer you'll answer. And so, Lord, we want to thank you right now for everyone here, Father, that you would just refresh them, fill them with your Holy Spirit. Lord, give them everything that you have for them. God, I ask you for wisdom and favor and blessing and hope. And, Lord, I ask you right now to anoint everyone, Lord, here with us or watching on the live stream. Lord, just anoint each of us with the oil of your joy and allow us, Father, to experience your peace in Jesus' precious and holy name. And now, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Amen.